Welcome to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. This is Tuesday, January 19th. We are into championship weekend. What a championship weekend we have. Look, I I feel like a broken record here, Ben, because I keep saying every week, this is the best week of football. This is the best week of football. The other weeks have been great. This is the best. These are the four best teams in the NFL Four of the five best quarterbacks, four of the five highest graded quarterbacks are playing one another. Three really great coaches. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun, man. So I'm excited to uh, to talk through these with you because honestly, my mind, a little, a little fucked in the head now thinking about these games. I thought about the Packers and the Bucks for what must be like 24 straight hours and I'm starting to confuse myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As uh, as like a you know maybe a Vikings fan a little bit. Really, the championship weekend is all I've ever had to look forward to. So I definitely <laughs> think it's the best weekend of NFL action for me uh, until I actually have to see it play out. But I don't know. I'm definitely excited. Kind of like you said, it is interesting for the five best teams in the NFL. Um, we have kind of seen the cream definitely rise to the top mm-hmm. this year, especially. I think um, obviously it's a really small sample size, but I think if you looked around into other like sporting worlds or whatever, we have seen you know in this really chaotic season or year um the best teams have kind of come out on top victorious in this championship round so it is interesting that the nfl is kind of following suit uh for that and i definitely think it makes for the most exciting uh games and matches we have coming into championship weekend here so yeah it's going to be good i want to let everyone know the schedule for this podcast going forward so we're recording this um on monday night you're listening to it on tuesday Eric and Ben, you guys will be um, doing the championship preview that will drop on Sunday morning, the 24th. And then you and I will be back uh, to talk about the early Super Bowl bets that we like um, against the spread, um, totals, maybe some first halves, uh, some first quarters, a lot of different stuff for the Super Bowl. We will publish that the following Tuesday, so a week from today on the 26th of January. And then we're gonna have a Super Bowl props bonanza that is going to be um, recorded on the 28th that will drop on the 29th, uh, which is a Friday. So um, to recap there, this is dropping on Tuesday. You're listening to this now. We'll have a Sunday morning previewing the championship round. We'll then have a week from today, next Tuesday, you and I will talk Super Bowl early lines and then Friday, the 29th of January, all of the props with, um, uh, who knows yet, it's TBD, you'll wanna tune in. Of course, the PFF forecast, myself and Eric Eager, we'll do our normal Sunday night. We're gonna go live once again. We went live last uh, two nights ago, uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, and it was a lot of fun. So we'll do that again, check that out. We've got you covered. So let's get into it. Let's start uh, with the early game, because this is the one that we know the most about. We know both quarterbacks are playing. The Bucks now a four-point underdog, minus 115. So it's, it, you know, it'll probably be in between three and a half and four, depending on where you go. Total of 51. I started Ben, thinking I was going to put everything I owned on the Packers, especially when it looked like the Saints were going to win. But then when I saw that the Bucks might not have scored a touchdown had it not been for Drew Brees, I, I convinced myself again. I'm starting to turn though. Where are you at with this game? Yeah, I mean, I definitely like the Buccaneers here at plus four. I do think we're probably going to slide down to three and a half. I do think that maybe that will be the direction of the game, but or the direction that the spread actually moves out here. But 
Um, I'm finding some value in actually thinking that the Buccaneers are going to do it here. I don't know. I mean, wow. obviously the what's, narrative. I what's know the re- what is what is the reasoning there? I like think, if you had to pinpoint two or three things. Yeah, I mean, there's. I mean, I think obviously going up Brady versus Rodgers. Obviously, that's going to matter the most. Rodgers is playing mm-hmm. at a much higher level. The question kind of becomes: Is Bruce Arians going to uh, potentially unleash this Buccaneers offense? Of course, that didn't really happen. You know, in the divisional round game, we saw a lot of early down rushing attempts. But that's not really uh, reflective of what the Buccaneers have basically done throughout the season. I think if you were looking at, uh, you know, the entire year, they were a top 10 unit in uh, pass pass ratio, basically on first and second down outside of two minutes, um, you know, outside of garbage time as well. So I do think that they actually throw the ball a decent amount. I'm wondering if, you know, Bruce Arians maybe realized uh, Drew Brees didn't necessarily have what it takes to actually beat him straight up, so they decided to you know run the ball a little bit more frequently to start the game. I thought he maybe believed that they were kind of in control there. Uh, you know, obviously there's the Rogers Devontae Adams connection, but you know the Packers basically sit at 24th overall in that same pass ratio. They're not necessarily you know throwing the ball all that all that often. And we did kind of see Carlton Davis basically shut down Michael Thomas here recently. I do kind of Uh-oh. like this Buccaneers. I mean, you're I'm saying not saying what I think you're I'm, saying, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not, not saying it, but here's the thing. So the Buccaneers defense, what are they top five, basically in our opponent, adjusted coverage grades. I think they're the best, best coverage unit basically that is left in, you know, in the NFL at this point in time, they're, all their all their de- defense backs, Jordan Whitehead drafted 2018, Antoine Winfield, rookie this year, called Carlton Davis 2018, Sean Murphy Button 2019, Jamal Dean 2019. All the guys that are getting significant stamps basically have been in the league the past two years. Those are the kind of guys that I don't mind uh, betting on improving basically throughout the, throughout the regular season into the playoffs, kind of playing maybe like the best unit in football at this point in time. So that's kind of what I'm leaning on. I don't think, you know, it's going to be just Carlton Davis slowing down Devontae Adams, but I do think it could take, you know, they have the right pieces in place to kind of be, uh, you know, a sneaky good shutdown unit for the Rodgers to Adam, Devontae Adams connection. I don't really think, you know, I think outside of those two, I do think that the Buccaneers have more auxiliary pieces in place to uh, potentially keep pace with the Packers. And that's kind of what I like here. Uh, especially okay. at plus four. All right. So I, I've heard I've heard a lot of defense, which is great. I don't know if you know this, but the Rams actually the best defense in the NFL. Right. Um, and for whatever the hell that means, they got um, they got worked by the Packers. And if Jalen Ramsey and Brandon Staley aren't going to put the clamps on on Devontae Adams, I don't I don't really have a ton of faith in in Carlton Davis doing that, especially because the the Buccaneers are such an aggressive defense. Right. The first game these two teams played, that stunned the Packers. And if you haven't checked out Devontae Adams on the Chris Collinsworth podcast with Richard Sherman from a couple weeks ago, you need to because he talks about that game. He basically said they were just not ready for the Bucs to blitz a ton. And that's it caught them completely off guard. It changed kind of the way that they prepared for games going forward. And they're more ready for you know whatever teams throw at them. I'll also say this, the Bruce Arians, what Bruce Arians did against New Orleans is unforgivable. And yet he won the game by 10, which means that he's going to think what he did was right. And if you don't get three interceptions from Aaron Rodgers, which you're not going to, by the way, you'd be lucky to get two sacks, much less three interceptions. 
you, you're, you might not score because that offense was absolutely terrible. Now, I don't think the Green Bay defense is anywhere near as um, as solid front to back as New Orleans is. Right. But they have a blueprint for what to play because Bruce Arians hasn't run a play that can beat two man yet. Right. So um, I, I don't know. And then, then I think about this too, which is it's going to be about 20 degrees snow showers. If it is snowing, I am going to put just about everything that I have, I think, on the Packers because while Tom, well, I'm not, I'm not worried about Tom Brady. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's so old. Like, dude, did you watch Tom Brady play this season? The dude is in better shape than basically every other quarterback right. out here, okay? Get over yourself. The problem is that every other player there does not have experience doing this. And we saw what happened when the Titans came in there. Like, Devontae Adams put these guys on skates. So I think there's a real home field advantage here. I think there's a dramatic coaching difference. The quarterbacks here, I'm giving Rodgers the edge. He's graded better all season. He's at home. And then I think Devontae Adams is, by a decent margin, the best weapon on the football field. Yeah, I mean, and I can definitely agree with all of that. I will push back a little bit basically on uh, the Bruce Arians. I do think maybe, maybe he's capable of adjusting a little bit, not necessarily buying into the fact that they, well, you know, ran the football ben, all these times and ben, scored 30 the points. Thing. Here's the thing, Ben. I am scarred because I had a, a over, I hedged it a decent amount, but to begin the day, I had well over 2K riding um, on the Bucks money line. And so for Arians to come out and just slap me around for, for you know, three hours and me, me have to rely on Drew Brees' swan song being the reason that I got that, that I won those bets was, was crushing to me. So I'm obviously a little jilted by Arians. I actually love Arians. He's one of my favorite right. characters and coaches in the NFL. So I want to see them turn this around. It's interesting that you say that because – I am probably overreacting to what I saw against the Saints defense that he clearly just can't figure out. Right. Now, the Packers, you know, Jair Alexander is the highest graded cornerback in the NFL, but the nice thing about the Bucks is they don't really have a number one guy necessarily. They have a ton of depth, like Tyler Johnson looked good, Scotty Miller can make some plays, so that, that's a good point by you. It's a good yeah. point by you. I mean, Look, the Chris- what, what bet, yeah, go ahead. So I was going to say, basically, like, the only thing that really makes me worth, I wish Chris Godwin was kind of playing at the level that we saw him playing at, basically, yeah, Antonio last Brown year at this point, hurt. right? And Antonio Brown's also hurt, so that makes, you know, the big three. And like you said, Tyler Johnson, good player. Scotty Miller, pretty good player as well, but they're not necessarily on the same level as Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, even if they are a little bit banged up. So um, I would like to see those guys definitely in place, but I don't I don't think that we're going to see Bruce Arians go into Lambeau and try to run the ball 30-some times with Leonard Fournette at this point in time. I could be wrong, but I think at plus four, um, I think the Bucks are a buy at that point. I, okay. now, you know, I think, you know, once we get down to three, obviously that's a completely different story, but yep. um, if I could get the Packers that, you know, under a field goal spread. I do think that would probably be my favorite bet of the weekend. Obviously, that's not going to happen, unfortunately, but um, it is what it is. So we'll see. But so, I also have, you know, decent Buccaneers futures and a few, yeah. you know, Packers futures. As I have well, Bucks so. and Packers futures. Right, so right. I like the, the hedging here is not really there for me. I will say this. The Packers are third ranked team in PFF ELO. The Bucks are four. Just a shade under a point of difference based on those rankings. I would say, look, we've been putting in about a point for home field advantage. I would argue that home field advantage in the snow at Lambeau is at least two points. Um, and then I think the coaching difference slash Rodgers in his natural element with Adams, like I think gets you to four. 
Um, and so at four, I'm actually laying off. Here's the bet I really like. I love over 51, right. minus 105. You can get it some places, 50 and a half, minus 110. I love, 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 love the over. And here's why. The Green Bay Packers in the snow, it, it's, people think that the snow is gonna slow them down. No, 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 the snow is going to help scoring, okay? Because it puts defensive backs in a complete bind. They can't fucking cut. I don't understand how this isn't uh, obvious to people. Yeah. And as you said, there's a chance that the Bucks here actually revert to some of the good tendencies. That's my favorite play on this game. What's yours? Yeah, I mean, I like the 50 and a half quite a bit as well. I do think that we're going to see a lot more points scored. I will. The only other thing I'll say about the defensive backs, Antoine Winfield, veteran of the Minnesota Snow, mm. actually played outside TCF Bank Stadium as well. If there's one player besides Aaron Rodgers that I think is ready to play in the snow, I think it's going to be him. So we'll see, um, you know, if he has another impact. Obviously, he was the one who stripped the ball out of Jared Cook's hand on Sunday. So yep. maybe he's, you know, coming up as well in that kind of that rookie spot. Definitely have a good big game as well. But I don't know. I, I do leave with you at 50 and a half i would say i still i still like the bike bucks quite a bit at plus four so that's gonna be okay. my favorite hey, you know, they, games they beat the brakes off of them in week six i mean right. it, this is a crazy stat that i was i was looking at that game re-watching parts of it and they blitzed um rogers most of any game that season i think he had 17 attempts um against the blitz and completed six of them but he was sacked three times in the entirety of the rest of the season, on 185 dropbacks, he was sacked one other time against the Blitz. Right. So, like, there were some anomalous things in that game. If you were looking back to that game as, like, your reasoning, I would say maybe pump the brakes a little bit. Right. Um, but, anyways, let's move on to Bill's Chiefs because there's a lot more unknowns here. And, it, you know, the, the market is clearly pricing in Mahomes playing, which is the smart thing to do. You can't price in Henny right now because people would just overload with the idea that, you know, Mahomes is probably going to clear concussion protocol no matter what he's got to do. And, um, you know, I just don't see Mahomes not playing in this game. So it is Kansas City uh, minus three. Um, I think we saw some three and a half somewhere. Um, Buffalo, I see at plus three, minus 120, actually. So um, it's a very interesting kind of dynamic. Are you assuming that Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Okay, it's a three-part question. Are you assuming he's going to play? If he does, what percentage of Mahomes do you see? And then based on that, what are you doing at, at this juncture with the line minus three, total 53 and a half? Yeah, definitely. Those are all great questions. So I will say, I think on the look-ahead line before Patrick Mahomes got knocked out, I do think the Bills were plus four at that point. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, the, that you know, Kansas City – they're not baking in the fact that Patrick Holmes isn't playing, but I do think they have maybe just a little bit of like risk margin associated with that because it kind of reopened at two and a half and I think it immediately went to three basically. I don't know if anybody who actually got minus two and a half on the Chiefs. So I don't know. I'm still buying into the Chiefs at this point in time, though. I do think Patrick Holmes is able to play. Um, I'm not as worried about the concussion factor as I am more the turf toe. I do think he was probably mm-hmm. even playing, you know, not necessarily at 100% before he got um, injured. I would like to see you know, maybe them scale back a little bit, but a lot of his game is basically drifting back in the pocket as far as he can. So I do think that uh, the turf toe element is going to be potentially a bigger factor once he is cleared from the concussion than uh, people anticipate at this point. Um, but I still think he's definitely the viable play. I would probably play the Chiefs all the way up to three and a half. Once it got back to that four point number, I think that's a spot that you maybe reevaluate. But I do like uh, the Chiefs maybe a little bit more on the money line 
minus 145, I think might be uh, the correct spot here since, you know, the narrative once again is that they haven't necessarily been covering spreads too much here. And I don't know if I'm really, really willing, really willing to fight that at this point in time. What are your thoughts on it? If you are tired of losing in daily fantasy sports or you kind of hate um, figuring out how the props market works because it can be kind of confusing sometimes with the way the prices swing, although I will say the PFF props tool is fantastic, um, I've got the game for you. It's prizepicks.com. It is one of the easiest games and most fun games to play because it's very simple. You pick anywhere from two to five players and you decide whether you think that player is going to go over or under their fantasy point projection. And then if you hit, pick two players, say, and they both you're both right on both of them, you win a certain payout. You can go all the way to five. If you get five, I think it's uh, 15 to one are the odds that you get. So it's a lot of fun. It's really easy to play. Prizepicks.com. I do it all the time. Um, if you use the code PFF, you get 100% match on your first deposit of up to $100. So it, it's not only simple, but there's a great deal for you there. They have all different sports um, and it's available in, in like almost all states. So it's really easy. Use P uh, promo code PFF when you sign up. 100% match on your deposit up to $100. I love it. All the guys that do this podcast love uh, prize picks. Super easy. Um, great site. Easy to use. Uh, and they are very legit. Go to prizepicks.com right now and use promo code PFF. There's only two weeks of football left. I three games of NFL football left. It's amazing that we've gotten to a point where we can say that. But if you are missing out on these three games, like I just don't know what to tell you. So it's not too late, though. You go to pff.com, get yourself a PFF Elite subscription. The reason you want that is the props tool, which is going to give you so many ways to bet these games. Um, last night, for example, or two nights ago, um, the Mike Evans under four and a half receptions, an absolute lock. So many of those things that you can find on pff.com with an elite subscription and you get the DFS optimizer and the betting dashboards plus all the PFS premium content. And if you use promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, through the Super Bowl with an elite subscription, you will also get an Action Network Action Pro subscription for a full year. So that's usually going to cost you $300 total. You get it for just $199 with your PFF Elite subscription. So go make it happen right now on pff.com. Yeah, I'm trying to talk myself into the bills. Um, these teams to me are almost the Spider-Man meme pointing at one another, except that the bills have like a few tears in their costume. Yeah. And the tears in their costume are just uh, the lack of experience and the fact that yes they have stefan diggs but they don't have they don't have the travis kelsey to tyreek hill you know and and tyreek hill is kind of the special sort of beast into him uh, of himself but the bills do a lot of the same things they have a quarterback that is i think it's really interesting actually ben three of the four quarterbacks in the in the final four are guys that you might say if you had like a top five most athletically gifted quarterbacks ever to play the game. These might be three of them, Rodgers, Mahomes, and Allen. And then you have this like anomaly unicorn of Tom Brady and what he's been able to do being a complete statue. Like crazy dynamic here. But what the Bills do so well is they they don't make mistakes from a decision-making standpoint. Right. And that is going to allow Josh Allen maximum opportunities. When the Chiefs played the Bills earlier this season, 
The Bills, I thought, had a really solid game plan. They said, hey, Kansas City, run the ball all you want. And the Chiefs did. And the Chiefs scored 26 points. Allen did not play well in that game. He has played. That was during his kind of lull period. He really came on strong towards the end of the year. So I expect Allen to be a lot better. That, That Baltimore game, I think, was a little misleading. There was a decent amount of wind. He missed Diggs on a wide open shot or else I think that game is a little bit different. The Ravens also never really threatened, right? Like right. they clearly didn't have it. So I, I'm, I guess I'm trying to kind of talk myself into if this gets out to four, four and a half, I am worried about Mahomes turf toe. I could see myself betting on the Bills, but I, I'm with you right now. At minus three, I'm going on the Chiefs. Yeah, so you're basically saying if it gets out to four, kind of reevaluate four and a half is maybe a viable spot on the bills. And I think I can yeah. definitely, I can definitely back you on that um, as well. What do you think about this total? Basically it has dropped. I think what 54 and a half was the open mm-hmm. 55 was the open. It's down two points. I'm not 100% sure if that's weather related or something else. Maybe that's a little I, bit of the, is that a little bit of the Mahomes factor as yeah. well? I mean, it looks to be 51 degrees and mostly cloudy um, in Kansas city on Sunday night. So 10 mile per hour wind at this point in time, obviously we can't read, a ton into the weather forecast right now of course it's going to get more accurate later on in the week but um do you like the over at this point i mean three and a half? of course i like the over <laughs> with my heart because how are you going to go into this game and be rooting for points not to be scored right. like people always talk about like oh you know like you've got to you know use the numbers and everything it's like okay if you're betting for your job i understand it but like uh, people here listening to this podcast Part of it is just so you can enjoy watching the game more. You know, you want to make smart decisions, but also ones that improve your ability to watch the game. I will say this, though. I do think both teams employ the exact same defensive strategy, which is to try and keep everything in front of them. I am nervous about Mahomes' turf toe, and that impacts the total more than it does the spread because the Chiefs will have a game plan. Andy Reid is so smart. They will have a game plan to do the best they can with it but we saw when that ankle was hurt last year it was ugly you know the Colts game was not a pretty game that's probably not as bad but we saw him miss some throws to his left Romo was talking about it I am a little nervous about it so for that reason I think you could make an argument potentially to bet the under if it goes back out 54 54 and a half Um, if I had to take one side I'm taking the over because I'm not a schmuck but long story short, I'm probably not betting the total. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could definitely agree with you on that. I do think, um, like you said, basically from the defense perspective, I could. I do think that both of them are going to be playing uh, pretty well off. So I do think we're going to see a lot of digs underneath, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey underneath. We'll see if they get you know any shots deep, um, especially from the Chiefs side. But I don't know. It's going to be uh, hopefully – I'm hoping for a track meet, kind of like you said. I do think – I do think the total has gotten just a little bit too low at this point. I'm not I'm not fully understanding exactly why that is. So that's why I had to ask uh, what your stance on it was. But I, still, I think I still, it's got to be the fact that these teams played a lowish scoring game right. the first time and that with Mahomes, there's so much uncertainty. So much uncertainty. If Henny has announced the starter, what would you make? What's your number? Um, you know, let's say, let's say it gets to game time, right? And... Like, I'll definitely be monitoring this if it goes up to, you know, a certain point. Like, I want to know as soon as there's an announcement and I want to jump on something, be ready with a number that which I'm willing to bet either side. What's the number 
at which you would not bet the game if Henny is um, is is named the starter. I mean, if Henny is the name the starter, I think we're going to move all the way to what like Bills Bills minus four at least, if not further. I would say. Oh, interesting. I mean, I think it's going to be what I would say it has to be at least a seven point swing. Do you not think? I mean, we have we have I, Mahomes so at what ten points. I was going to go more than that. Okay. I was going to go more than that. Okay. I was going to say anything short of a touchdown. I would take the bills. I would take the bills. Look, Chad Henney was amazing for a quarter and a half and Andy Reid is amazing. Uh, There's no doubt about it, but this isn't Matt Moore in week 10 against the Minnesota (laughs) Vikings. This is Chad Henney in the conference championship against the number two ranked team in our ELO ratings. People I think are still undervaluing the bills to be honest with you. Yeah. They, I think they still are. So if it's anything under seven, I think I I am going to be quick to grab um the bills there to be honest yeah i mean like i said i thought it would move back out to four i didn't say i would necessarily not bet the bills at that point in time but i do think um (laughs) you know obviously if you could get it we'll see but i think that's going to be just that would be quite the wild sunday i think and that's going to be one of those things where you kind of got to be monitoring uh the spread just a little bit because i do think um if the week continues and you know patrick Mahomes is still trending towards questionable i do think we'll probably see at least some protection in the line movement start moving Mm -hmm. towards the bills right if he's if he's I, for sure locked so. in, I do think we probably drift up to like minus four, minus four and a half for the Chiefs. So we'll see. It is going to be an interesting spot to watch all week for sure. I'm very excited about it. It's um, a matchup of the two, uh, our number one and number two team in PFF Elo. The Chiefs, though, almost three and a half points better just based on that Elo rating than the Bills. That tells you the difference uh, between the Chiefs and all of the other teams, as we've been saying all freaking year long, Steeler fans. Um, the Chiefs are in a tier of their own, but um, this is there are a lot of really interesting matchups because the the Bills have a really nice secondary. Um, they have such a smart coach. Uh, obviously, we know what Andy Reid did with with Chad Henney. We know the weapons they have. Tyron Matthew played incredibly well right. um, in in that game. So, man, yeah, these matchups are incredible. Let's take a second and look ahead to the Super Bowl matchups because there are some lines out here and I want to ask you let's say that you weren't you had you don't care about how good the Super Bowl game is right because I think we all have our preferable matchups but which of these lines and which side would you most want to bet right now so you'd be rooting for from a betting perspective to see this game and this line posted I'll read them to you here these are on betonline.ag Tampa Bay Buffalo would be Tampa Bay minus one and a half um Tampa Bay, Kansas City would be Kansas City minus three. Green Bay, Buffalo would be Green Bay minus two. And Green Bay, Kansas City would be Kansas City minus one. I will say the game that I would be most excited to bet because of the side that I would like would be the Bills at plus one and a half over the Buccaneers. I think it's definitely uh, probably the best spot in my opinion. I would probably take the Chiefs. in both spots under a field goal spread as well. I do think would be the correct approach play. What what side what side do you like? I could not be more on board with your Bills Bucks, and that's exactly what Eric and I talked about. If I have to root for something other than Chiefs Packers, I am rooting for Bills Bucks, and I am betting the Bills as an underdog. Um, I just I just absolutely will. The Bills are a smarter football team. Um, I think I think secondarily, um, if it's Chiefs Packers, that means the Chiefs have gotten through with Mahomes. Depending on how Mahomes looks, 
I would really like the Chiefs at less than a three-point favorite over the Packers. Um, yeah, so uh, those those are kind of the two um, that that I've circled there. All the totals fifty-five and over. Right. That doesn't surprise me at all. I'd probably take the over in all of those, to be honest. <laughs> I was just gonna say I would maybe consider taking the under, but I don't for all four of them basically. But I do think that I do think the Packers Chiefs uh, under fifty-seven is probably going to be the correct play if that game actually plays out. So we'll see. But I do think uh, we'll probably see like a fifty-eight or fifty-nine by the time it's all said yeah, and done. So by the time it's all said and done. Cool, man. Well, this was a lot of fun. I am excited to uh, spend the rest of the week freaking myself out about Packers and Bucks and waiting patiently with bated breath to find out when Mahomes is going to be cleared. I have a feeling that he will. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us. We'll, of course, be back on Sunday. Eric and Ben are going to preview what they want to do right before game time. Um, until then, the PFF forecast will be out on Wednesday evening. Aaron Nagler, Green Bay Packer himself. Will be joining us. Um, remember, we called the Packers frauds last year when they faced the Seahawks. We had to, we had to hash that all out. Um, there may be some drinking of alcohol during this podcast. I'm just saying you'll want to tune in. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. See you guys.